Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Same Old Arsenal podcast. Tonight, we're doing things a bit differently. I won't be hosting, but my esteemed colleague, Below, young Christopher will be when we come back after the intro. See you in a minute. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to all of you beautiful. Arsenal fans out there tuning in to this, our Sunday evening romp of a wonderful podcast in which we're going to spend probably about an hour waxing lyrical after what's been quite a fantastic weekend, to be honest with you. I'm sure everyone can agree. Now, Amanda is here. Hello, Amanda. Hi, Christopher. This is weird. Yeah, me hosting. The only problem I've got is when I put the questions up like this, they're going to go over your face. <laughs> I don't mind that. Nobody needs to see my face or the shirt that I'm wearing, which is a Portugal shirt that my mother brought me when she recently came back from Portugal. And I'm wearing it tonight in memory of Cristiano Ronaldo, who basically doesn't play football anymore. So Cristiano Ronaldo, congratulations on Manchester United <laughs> this evening. Congratulations for being irrelevant in a title race. Oh, I'm going to try and put the little comments on that are short that don't go over your over your face. But we will be I taking questions later, won't we, young Christopher? And I'm dealing with all the comments, everybody. So I'll be watching you and Chris and I and James will be talking football. Amanda is dealing with the comments. Amanda is our administrator this evening. So she will be running this show, although I'll be doing some of the talking and probing some of the questions now. James, you all right? Oh, mate, never better. Not only did I get to witness that yesterday, get to witness that United demolition today. Now I get to speak of you fine people. What a Sunday. What a Sunday. What a weekend indeed. I will admit I have spent most of it inebriated. And I'm going to have a bit of fun to start off with. So I'm going to give three situations from the North London derby, which took place yesterday. And at the time of recording for us on Sunday, we are going to have a chat about the North London derby. But... I want one of you. I'm going to start with Amanda, ladies first. I've got three scenarios. I want you to pick which one was your favourite, Amanda. Are you ready? So was it number one, Eric Dyer being sent for an absolute hot dog by Granite Xhaka as he dropped the shoulder and smashed it in, which was hilarious? Was it Antonio Conte ironically crying foul over VAR or life in general, having 
five months ago told Arteta to maybe complain a little bit less? Or was it the media narrative sad faces that we've seen over the last week in which they talk about Antonio Conte, you know, he's just inevitable, all of that nonsense. So that's your pick. You've got Eric Dyer for a hot dog. You've got Conte crying, or you've got a media narrative. And you can start off. Tell us which one was your most favourite from this weekend. Probably Eric Dyer. And then as you read them out, the second one would have been Conte and the third one, the media. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. James gets to pick from the remaining two. So explain why Eric Dyer. Oh, my God. Anything that Eric Dyer does wrong, we've all got big smiles on our faces, especially if it benefits us. I mean, surely on the football pitch, it's more important than Conte. And to be honest, I don't actually hate Conte. He's not, he's not Spurs enough for me yet. I, I, think, I think him moaning on Match of the Day last night was absolutely brilliant when he said, I'm not going to comment on the red cards, and he carried on commenting about it. Um, yeah, Eric Dyer for me. Lovely. James, you've got either... that. So Amanda has uh, chosen Eric Dyer getting sent for a hot dog, which uh, so flat-footed on that third goal was hilarious in my eyes. So you've only got two to pick from, I'm afraid. You've got, you can either talk for a minute or two about Conte crying or you can talk about media narrative and sad faces. I think the media narrative is, is going to carry on no matter what we do this season. So I'll go for the Conte one. But the thing that I loved most about yesterday was at 70 minutes when he made those substitutions and took off Son, took off Richarlison. Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. That's a free one as well. Like, he just knew it was game over. And I just love the idea of the Spurs fans just absolutely seething as that happens. And imagine supporting a club that makes such negative decisions from start to finish. Could never be my club. Never. Love it. Love it. And so in that case, I've got the final one to pick from because obviously it's the last one on the list, which is Conte crying in general. And Amanda, you've obviously mentioned it previously, but honestly, hook it to my veins because hearing Antonio Conte cry about VAR decisions and about red cards killing the game. Hmm. I wonder, Antonio, was there a certain game that was killed in May where you profited from it? And to quote your words, I don't care. I'm sorry, I'm not having this for a split second. In So I'm in block five, as you guys know, and in real time, I don't see any replay. They don't show any replays and stuff inside the stadium, but I saw the foul as it happened, but it was right down the far corner from where I stand. And in real time, all of the guys around me in block five, guys and girls, said, Yeah, that's a foul. That looked a bit dirty. Expected a yellow card when Anthony Taylor brandished the red card, which I don't know about you guys, but every time I see it on the pitch, it almost looks orange, that red card. It's a weird sort of fluorescent yellow, but that's a by the by. Um, I was we were all stunned. But having watched it back again, shocking that that was a red card. And if you're if you're going to try and complain about that, sorry, Conte, but you are a mug. Um, so that was our little bit of fun, our starting off. But let's talk about the game itself. Uh, Amanda, pre-game, is the North London derby, and this is, I'm going to just hit you with my narrative, which is I find the North London derby the most uncomfortable and horrible pre-game build-up possibly imaginable. Talk me through your thoughts pre-game, what you were thinking, what you did. And yeah, let's start with that. 
Okay, so as you know, um, I do a podcast on this channel and I did it Friday night with an Arsenal fan and a Tottenham fan. And the Tottenham fan is actually a friend of mine, nothing to do with social media, really nice guy, he works at Tottenham. He does the commentary for the visually impaired. Um, so he's got quite a lot of, and he's a massive Tottenham fan, has been for many years, he works for the club. So he's a really, he's one of those good Tottenham fans. And there's not many, but he is. And then I had an Arsenal guest on that me and him ended up arguing, where the Tottenham fan just sat there, me and him ended up arguing, completely negative, um, said we're one injury away from, you know, a championship player and we were arguing about Eddie and, and all this. And this was Friday night. I actually thought there was going to be more arguing with the Tottenham fan. He just sat there and let us chat. So that was Friday night. And I sort of went to bed a bit like, I'm really surprised how some Arsenal fans are still quite negative. You know, do I think we're going to win the league? No, I don't. I'm not an idiot. If anyone watched Man City today. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from them. And that beast of a unit in midfield that is just phenomenal. Um, I woke up Saturday morning, woke up early and beautiful sunny day. And it was really strange because I was nervous. We all are nervous. I mean, listen, both sides are. I work with a Tottenham fan now. And one of my managers is and we've been having a bit of banter. And he was giving it a bit large in the office, but not too much. And I never said a word. I don't because I can't take it. So I don't give it. And I just said, look, you know, Form goes out the window, but we're both playing really well. But what I did say to the Tottenham fan, and these are the few things that I did say on Friday night, was first of all, I think where you are in the league flatters you because you haven't actually been playing that well. Second of all, if anyone takes their chances against you, you're going to lose all your games because you're really not a great team. Don't get me wrong. No one can say that Kane and Son are not fantastic players. Of course, I'm not saying that, but I don't find anything else about your team worrying um he sort of got that he sort of said look there have been moments where we have been lucky I said well you know we've been unlucky at United we'd have had a completely 100% record so we had the, this was all like going over in my mind and then you know I get to my cousins pretty early and my cousin from Australia is over who goes to major games with us massive Arsenal fan but he comes over for games and he's just so happens, work has brought him over and he's coming to Tottenham with us. And we were in the car, it was like the old days, 20, 30 years ago, going with him to Highbury. And we were all, I wouldn't say confident, but we weren't as fearful. We were, you know what it is, Chris? I was actually looking forward to it. You know, beautiful sunny day. We've got, and I did say this as well, that party would be key on Friday night. I said, if party plays... Yep. And does what we need him to do. We've got a massive chance against you. Um, and then I sort of went on to some other subjects. But but watching the game yesterday, we, we've seen how key he was. But, and, and sort of the Emirates. Right, so we get to the Emirates. We have a bit of brunch. I don't go to the pubs at the moment. And we was outside the Emirates. And I bumped into where Tottenham go in. I go into the next thing. But we bumped, no one was there. It was pretty early. I bumped into the brass band. Well, I've never seen them. And I was walking along with them while they were playing. It was, I loved it. Wasn't many gooners around that part. Then they went down by the armory and it was mobbed. And I mean, thousands and thousands of us. I didn't see one Tottenham fan, only those idiots that buy half and half scarves that I really wanted to have a go at the vendor about. But anyway, um, and we were like, they were playing all the good Arsenal songs and everyone was buzzing and Sky Sports was there. Apparently I walked past Sky Sports and I was on that. And it was just one of those where you looked at the sky and went, 
This is a beautiful morning for football. This is this this is the, the atmosphere. And I did try and tell everybody when I was on the podcast on Friday night, especially to the Tottenham fan, you're never going to hear the Hemorrhoids like it because this is the big one. This is where our atmosphere, that everyone like jokes about being quiet, it's going to be the complete opposite because we have not been quiet and our fans have been superb. And I was buzzing and looking forward to it more than nervous, but always have that tinge, always, because, you know, you cannot lose to Tottenham. You can't. You just you just can't. It's among, you just can't, can you? Because it just ruins everything. And then they would have gone top above us. And even though being top on the 1st of October means nothing, you don't want them above you and winning at your place. So I, I was really looking forward to it with a little bit of apprehension. Love it. Love it. And we don't lose at home. Uh, 2010, last time we uh, suffered a defeat against Tottenham. I think even that day I was in the ground. It wasn't really a defeat in which they deserved it. We tend to actually turn up. But Cookie, James Cook, Mr Cook, Senor Cook, Captain Cook, uh, initial thoughts on your pre-game, how you felt, but then also the lineup itself. Because I think it, we got pretty much one of the strongest lineups that we could uh, we could we could hope for, didn't we? Yeah, I, I was a bit apprehensive going into the game. I was confident that we wouldn't lose, but I wasn't confident that we'd win. Um, I dreaded the prospect of them going a goal up because, I mean, we saw how hard it was to break them down until that unbelievable party goal came out of nothing, really. We dominated possession, but, I mean, in terms of clear-cut opportunities, apart from that Martinelli one where he hit the post, I mean, we had a few half chances, but... Um, they're just so defensive. They sit so deep. It's so hard to break them down. So the prospect of going to go down and then having to try and break them down when they'd go even ultra defensive was not something I wanted to even think about. But thankfully that didn't happen. Um, with regards to the lineup, I mean, I couldn't have been more happy with it. The only thing that I might have changed would be Tierney for Zinchenko. I, I thought Zinchenko had a fine game. Don't think there was anything negative about his performance. And the way he's instructed to play for Arsenal is very much that we know he's going to drift more into the pitch. And I wouldn't even really call him a defender because he doesn't do a lot of that for us. Um, he's kind of an auxiliary left-back midfielder type of player. And I think... The chances Spurs did have, a lot of them did come down that area of the pitch. And it was just a simple ball over the top to Richarlison, who was the one having the most joy down there. That's the only one I would have changed because I think Tilly's been in excellent form. And I thought he was great when he came on as a substitute as well. Um, obviously, he'll get his chance on Thursday. But uh, I, I would have kept him in that rich vein of form. But I can't criticise the way the team played at all. I, you know, I don't even think we played at our absolute best yesterday, which I think is saying something for how far this team can go. So I think I've seen us play better this season in periods. Um, you know, I thought in that first half, as dominant as we were, you know, we have fashioned more chances in the past. And I think we'll hopefully when the likes of Erdegaard, Zinchenko, um, etc., who were out of the team with a little injury not too long ago, once they've got fully up to speed, we'll hopefully see them in full flow against Liverpool next week. And, um, yeah, I mean, this team is just a joy to watch and we're creating chances so often, which is something we didn't do last season. I mean, I can't remember creating that many chances in a game um, at, at any point last season. I mean, we've seen glimpses of it, but we've not really seen it consistently. And now we're seeing it consistently. Like, I'm confident going into every single game that we're going to at least score one. And that's what I'm kind of relishing about that Liverpool game because you see him conceding 3-0 at home 
um, three goals at home to An uh, Anfield to Brighton. I mean, I really feel like we can put a few past. So I'm not, I'm not counting my chickens just yet. But with that front three, with a midfield that is now contributing, which is something we didn't have last season, Erdegaard, Jacker, and Partey, all three of them are contributing. We can, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, I'm not going to get carried away, but that was a great win yesterday. And when this team is fully fit, when Partey is fully fit, we we are something special. And yeah. that's the end we were... of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting to say that. I haven't got to my seat yet and we've discussed the whole game. Yeah, no, brilliant. Do you know what? Um, it's interesting you say that about Xhaka. So uh, I wrote this uh, in my blog this morning. Last season, his, um, sorry, his best ever goal and contribution, goal and assist contribution in an Arsenal shirt was in 2000, I think 2017 or 2018. Um, and that was six goals and assists. I think he got four goals and two assists. This season already, five goals. Uh, sorry, five goal and assists. I've got two, I think he's got two goals and, and three assists. So Granite Jack are already doing that out. But James, I want to stick with you just for a second. I want to talk about Tierney and Zinchenko because I'm with you because I would have played Zin I would have played Tierney at left back before the game. But do you think that the absence of Kulisevsky, who is more of a creative playmaker, creative attacking outlet, rather than Richarlison, who is an end product merchant like Kane and Son. Do you think that played into Zinchenko's hands? Because in my head, I was trying to almost justify the conversation between Arteta and Tierney. Because if Arteta's saying, thanks, mate, but, uh, you know, Zinchenko, Zinni's fit, so he's going in, then what does it do to his confidence? But then I started to think to myself, is it, is he tried to, is, is he more thinking, well, all they've got is an end product merchant. So actually then we can dominate the ball more. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts, James, on that one? I do think he views Zinchenko as his first choice left back, irrespective yeah. of the opposite. Yeah, I really do. Because um, I, I was surprised he started that United game as well, because I think he was just coming back from injury for that one. So I think, you know, he, he's firmly decided Zinchenko's my man when he's fit. He's the one that's going to play. <laughs> And uh, I think Kulisevsky even travelled to the game yesterday. So I don't think, you know, his selection even you know, changed the thought process of Arteta. I think Zinchenko's fit, Zinchenko starts. Now, that might be the case at home. But I think if we're going to away to Tottenham, to Liverpool, to City, I, I think it's got to be Tierney because you've got to expect that we're not going to see as much of the ball. And when we do have to be more defensive, we can't just leave a massive portion of the pitch like we're leaving like a sixth of the pitch open on our left hand side if we do that away against the likes of Salah um against the likes of Mares, then it's not going to look too favorable for us so um both of those players have equally as important roles to play in the team Zinchenko when we're playing at home against you know Forest or Bournemouth or whoever it may be when we're going to be ball dominant and we want to overload the opposition perfect I wouldn't have any um quibbles whatsoever with starting him but away from home against tough opposition, that place for me is for Tierney. Uh, and I just hope Arteta sees it that way as well. Yeah. I mean, see, this is the thing. So what I don't want, I don't want there to be... When we had... So when we first dropped into the Europa League, um, I, Arsene Wenger, you know, back in the Arsene Wenger days, um, he had a very clear A and B team. What I want is that spirit of competition, um, I really want that spirit of competition to remain. And so the idea that, well, if Zinchenko's first choice, he goes in, I just worry about that. I mean, we won't dwell on that too much. I want to talk about specifics on the game. Before I ask Amanda on her thoughts about the game itself and what we'll do, Amanda, is we'll touch on 
up to maybe the first goal, if that's all right. Uh, your thoughts on generally up until that first goal. Wunderschön, if I can just uh, tap into my uh, German roots there. A wonderful and absolutely beautiful goal from Thomas Partey. Can you just, uh, let's have a little bit of uh, any interesting things from the comment side that any of our wonderful listeners have said that you thought, oh, that's quite interesting. No, everyone's just, <laughs> they're taking the mic. No, out. okay. Jamie Ahara, we haven't asked them. What, ask them for what you would like them to ask us. And then well, you've I done it. So, guys, Amanda's just asked you to ask me, but I'm asking you and through Amanda. But this is all getting a bit meta now. So, Amanda, talk to me about the first um, 15, 20 minutes, like how we set up that first, how are you feeling in that first, uh, those first moments up until Thomas Party rocketed with a postage stamp goal. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I would like to just say about the fans first. I mean, I thought the ground was rocking. I really couldn't find any spare seats everywhere. I'm always looking because I'm in the East Upper. So if you... You two are north as well. We're not down the other end, are we? We're always down that that, that sort of end. And I just feel that uh, it was everything. My expectations was met with how fantastic the sound, the atmosphere, North London forever. We mm. were, it's just all just so perfect. Sun was shining. They didn't look as confident as us. Their fans were, I didn't really hear them, maybe once. Um, and then, you know, I, I agree with you. I sort of said to Cole this. I said, oh, I said Zinchenko's playing and not Tierney. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll reserve judgment. I wasn't critical. I just thought Tierney was more suited for that, for this game. Completely proved wrong, obviously. But, and as I said, I'm not a manager and Arteta is. Um, but I think his game plan yesterday was just perfect. The problem with, the problem with um, us is... And I knew that we would go gung-ho from the kickoff, which is what we had to do. And it was absolutely brilliant. Is that we we create so much amazing football that there's, I'm not saying hardly any end product, but there needs to be more. Because when Tottenham broke, I and it wasn't often, but I felt, oh, you know, God. They just look so menacing coming forward. Um, I, I want Martinelli to score a few more. I, you know, I want the others to, because if geez, Jesus did get a yellow yesterday, he would have been out of Liverpool and he's not. So thank God for that. Um, so the first, I, I felt we completely dominated and I, I find it really strange. I watched Match of the Day last night. I don't know if anyone else felt like this. They edited it the first half to look like it was completely equal. And mm. it really was. 
wasn't. And I'm, this is not me being a biased Arsenal fan. I always say it as it is. I felt we dominated most of the game. So, really weirdly, when they were doing their 486 passes, Arsenal, I looked at, I said to Carl, if we score from this, this has got to be about 30, 40 passes. And then Carl and I were having a sort of conversation watching the game. And then the ball comes out to, I think it was Ben White. Ben White passes to party. And who would have ever thought he was going to score a goal like that? His shooting has been abominable, hasn't it? And it was beautiful. I mean, what a goal to open the, the derby with. To score against that lot anyway, don't matter how, how the ball goes in, but that was stunning. And I love Thomas Partey. And I believe that, oh, I just wanted, sorry, I was just thinking about what James said about being fit. He played him well, Arteta. He took him off. He didn't play the full 90. We're going to have to keep doing that, I think, just to keep him away from injuries. And I've not got a problem with that, obviously, if we're doing well. But what a shot. What a goal. What an opening. And it was just, we all just went mad, didn't we? Yeah. And it was really interesting because one of the guys tweeted me last night and said, the sound on the telly didn't sound loud. I went on my life. It was, it was loud. It was absolutely rocking. rocking. And, you know, I just want to say before we forget, big up to the Ashburton boys for that fantastic little red and white bit. Big up to Red Action as well in the North Bank. I love that. And I, I videoed the whole thing and posted it um, post-game of London is red and, oh, loved it. The, the unity is phenomenal. Oh. North London is red. I am holding up a copy of the programme which just says North London. It's got a lovely picture of Emile Smith-Rowe on the front as well as uh, Beth Mead and a lovely Thierry Henry uh, pose, which Gabrielle... Uh, Gabriel Jesus did a little bit of a cheeky uh, O2 as well. But James, so Cookie, first half, domination. Um, I'm going to just read you out some stats. I want you to just give me your thoughts and feelings on that first half. So we've uh, chronologically, Amanda's talked us through that, the feeling, the atmosphere, how great it was, that Thomas Party goal, which from my perspective, so where I sit in block five, was I was literally directly in line with the ball. So when it leaves, so when the ball leaves his foot, I can see it's going in straight away. And it happens in such a split second that your brain knows it's going in, but it takes you a second to register. And it's only when it hits the back of the net that you actually then cheer. So for me, that was extra special because I was directly in line of it. But if I can ask you just to talk us through that point from when we get that goal, so give us some general thoughts as to how you felt the opening exchanges were that goal. But then what happened after that? Because we only had 10 minutes until Harry Kane got his standard Tottenham always get a penalty. So some, some general thoughts up until the Kane penalty and then thoughts on the Kane penalty as well. Yeah, no problem, mate. So like we've alluded to, we started this game with such intensity, but as I felt could be a problem, if we don't break them down, then it could start to play into Spurs' hands. And after a while, although we did have a few half chances, like I mentioned earlier, we were struggling to break them down. And I think that led to a slight lull in the atmosphere around the 15th yeah. mark, just because, you know, we fans were starting to get a little bit apprehensive. Um, but we were still dominating the ball. And I think it was just a case of the players were just taking their time, you know, not forcing the issue, just creating, um, waiting for that opening to happen, really. And uh, it was going to take something special to get that first goal. But the pivotal thing about that first goal is it completely froze Tottenham's game plan out the window so that's yep. why we had to get it and uh, what a finish it was I mean 
we've waited for him to do that for God knows how long. Thankfully, it's gone in the back of the net in probably the biggest game uh, of his career. Well, no, that's an exaggeration. But one from from an Arsenal perspective, you know, you couldn't have asked for a better game for that goal to eventually come in. And um, yeah, long may it continue. Hopefully, he gets a few more like that. But after that, I mean, uh, you know, we continue to dominate, and their their goal just kind of came out of absolutely nothing. Um, just you know, I'm sure we'll quickly all talk about the penalty, but um, completely needless. Uh, you know, we we know they created a few opportunities. Richarlison had that chance from the free kick, which I think would have just been offside. Perisic had that half chance, um, but you know, this like it, it did come out of absolutely nothing. Gabriel, um, you know, if there's anyone in that back line that you feel is going to make a mistake, I hate to say it because I love the guy, but I do think it's him. He just has these moments mm. like these brain farts in him um, and that's something we really need to eradicate because if he can't eradicate it then you know i i think from an arteta point of view he'll be looking to make that next upgrade i still think for whatever we paid for him was it 28 ish million i still think he's yeah. worth every single penny of that i think he's fantastic especially alongside saliba um but i still think if he can't eradicate those mistakes those little bits of immaturity then we need to you know potentially look to upgrade at some point but that's not at the forefront of my mind at a minute because you know, as great as Jacker was, he was also slightly at fault for that. We just couldn't clear, clear our box, which is like a, such a, you know, a 2017 sort of Arsenal era. Um, yeah. And I, I just really, you know, I hated to see that. And I hate the fact that we've given them another opportunity to to get a penalty against us. And it's, you know, Kane scores a lot of goals against us, but let's face it, they're pretty much all penalties. I don't think we are in such fear of Kane that we were with someone like Didier Drogba, for example. I mean, mm. I don't, you know, whenever we play against him, I, I never feel that Kane does a lot, but he always scores and it's always a penalty. Always. And that's the that's the thing that niggles me most because he never dominates us. He never, you know, really works for his goal. I'm, ne- I'm never really afraid of what he's going to do on the pitch, but I just know without a shadow of a doubt he's going to get a penalty. But um, yeah, frustrating to concede. And that first half was probably one of the longest I've experienced in the Emirates. And that period from the penalty until half time felt like forever because that's when they started to claw yeah. back into the game. But I'll uh, I'll let you guys take over from there. I don't want to talk about Spurs. Yeah, no. Do you, know, do you know what, mate? You're right. So Harry Kane has got seven. In, like all this talk about Harry Kane's outscored Thierry Henry with the number of North London Derby goals. Well, Harry Kane has scored seven out of 14 from the penalty spot. It almost feels inevitable that they are going to get that penalty. So I, and I joked about it beforehand, but half of me was a bit like I'm expecting it. We're already 1-0 down before a ball's been kicked because Tottenham are going to get their standard penalty. What was really annoying from my perspective was that I can't really... I, I can, Last season, the Cedric penalty, I can argue about. There is, there's, there's one where I think Son went down under a holding challenge a few years ago, which was a joke that they got as a penalty. There are plenty of ridiculous calls where they've got away with it. I can't really complain about that one because it was a Gabriel mistake. We needed to take that on the chin and we needed to respond to it and we needed to react to that uh, that Tottenham goal against the run of play. And then they had about five, ten minutes. And then we had a couple of minutes before halftime. Gabriel Jesus had a good opportunity. He maybe should have uh, flicked one in, but, you know, it is what it is. But I was, Amanda, I was at halftime. I went into the concourse, had a chat with uh, my old friend Dave Seeger and just was saying to Dave at the time, it feels really harsh. Can't really complain about the penalty. The second half, we need to see a reaction. Did we get the reaction, Amanda? 
Well, we did, but just just slightly go back to the penalty. It started with Gabrielle making a mistake and it ended with Gabrielle making the mistake. Like you, I thought it was a penalty right in front of me. I thought it was. Um, and it again, against the run of play, really Harry Kane takes it. He, and I actually was screaming that if Ramsdale just stands still, it'll probably go straight into him. And it did. But he doesn't score against us in open play at the Emirates. It is frustrating. It is just normal penalties. But again, we gifted it. But what I love, and this is a very new thing that keeps happening and it's fantastic, is the minute that happens and the Arsenal players are walking back to the penalty spot, the Arsenal fans are behind them. They're cheering them. They're getting them up. There's no moaning or groaning. We're behind them. Lift them straight up. And we we did, but it was a bit of a dodgy. And I know what you mean, James. I felt like that first half went on for ages. And I kept thinking, oh, it was only like 35 minutes gone and whatever. But, sorry, moving on to the second half. It was always, I, I really sort of felt in my heart that the next goal was going to win it. Whoever scored the next goal for me was going to win it. Um, I think it would have been too much for either team to come back from. And they didn't deserve it. They played the most boring football I've ever seen them play. They're not as good as they think they are. Um, and we did get the reaction that we wanted, but we are helping. The fans are the 12th man. I don't think people realise. I mean, the players are loving it. Arteta keeps commenting on us as well. Um, and I just feel... That we we as the we're the part we are their twelfth man. I'm afraid we have to keep doing what we're doing because it's working. Um, and then Saka, isn't it? I can't. Do you know what my brain has gone because I've been talking about this all day long. Our second goal. Oh no, our second goal was brilliant. It's the best. I love it. Absolutely love Larice. Mainly the because of the yeah the gap oh, that Larice fumbled. Do you know what? We don't often score things like that. It doesn't fall for us. That's what normally goes against us. You know, our goalkeeper will make a mistake and they toe poke it home and and everything. And it was just brilliant that they messed up and they couldn't complain about anything. And Jesus was there like the little fox in the box. And, oh, I just loved it. And I know it sounds really weird. But it was my favourite goal for that reason, not because of not because of obviously Party's shot was beautiful and Xhaka's goal was beautiful, but the banter about that goal is just fantastic. Yeah, I loved it. Do you know what I said to the guy next to me, a guy that I go to the uh, the footballer who's got the seat next to me? It almost felt like we gave them the penalty. It was like a gift we that did. we gave yeah. them. So wasn't it nice to get a gift back <laughs> from them? in the form of, well, I say a gift, but if you think about, if you replay that in your mind, James, yeah. some, some, just some thoughts on you from that moment. I think what we'll do is, a Cookie, if you can talk after that moment up until the red card, then I want to get your thoughts on the red card. But for me, the ball comes in from Saka. It's a half-decent save from Lloris, and he's palmed it out, and then it almost sort of ricochets off of Romero. So half of me was a bit like, finding it hilarious that they've mis- made the mistake and then it falls under Larice's arms and, you know, it, it, it gets squirmed in and Gabriel just toe pokes it home to make sure that, you know, the stats say that he got the goal. So it's half a mistake, but actually it was, it was, it happened so quickly that I wonder if, you know, can you put that down too much to Tottenham and their mistake or actually just Gabriel Jesus following up, being a pest and, doing exactly what pests do and getting in there and banging away. So, James, just a few thoughts on 
the goal and your general feelings around that. And then let's uh, let's talk up to that sending off. I think something that maybe hasn't been spoken about enough yesterday is just how good Arteta is at stoking the fire. When we came out from half time, we looked, you know, from a team that was, I wouldn't say we were depleted going into half time, but definitely we weren't on the front foot at that period. But coming out into that second 45, we just looked like, you know, if you're playing a video game and you suddenly pick up an energy bar, that's kind of what we felt like. And we just looked, uh, we just looked full of energy, full of excitement, full of, you know, aggressiveness, full of determination to win the game. And that goal was coming in any way, shape or form. It was definitely coming because we were so on top. And what I loved about that goal was two things, really. Saka was so determined to score yesterday. I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but the amount of times he drove into the box, beat about three, four people and just couldn't quite get his shots <laughs> off. It's kind of infuriating in a way because I wanted him to pass it, but he really wanted to score. And that's kind of, I, I loved his determination to try and get on the score sheet, but um, great, great shot in this instance, forced a great save from the Reese. Yeah. They're probably cursing themselves. They didn't play Fraser Forster because if he starts, you know, he loves the game against us. They probably come away from this game with a draw. Um, but I actually thought, Loris wasn't quite at it yesterday. I know he's just coming off the back of an injury. He got withdrawn from the French squad. Um, I thought there were a couple of really loose balls he made. There were a couple of, um, you know, balls he didn't quite get to. He just did, never really looked convincing for me. So I kind of was, wasn't was anticipating this mistake, but I'm not exactly surprised that it happened. And we know he's getting, you know, he's still a class keeper, but we know he's getting on a bit as well. So really good to take advantage of that. And uh, I was kind of half celebrating at the time because I initially thought that Jesus had kicked it out of his hands and it would go mm. to VAR and God knows what would happen. But seeing it back on the replays where it just falls and he just toe pokes it, it's beautiful. Like if, if Lacazette's in the team, he's still having his pre-match meal at that point. He's nowhere <laughs> near that area of the goal. So to have someone that is always there, always ready to respond to action is fantastic. And then after that, Emerson getting the sending off. I mean, Spurs weren't exactly in the game, but they give themselves hell of a lot more of an opportunity to do something with him on the pitch. And I just can't work out why he does it. Um, I get, you know, it's a derby. There's there's a lot of emotions in the air. But Martin is going the wrong way. He's not posing any threat whatsoever. It's really immature. And this is a guy that we've seen in the build-up to this game saying that he spent a million quid on trying to better himself as a Tottenham player. Well, you know, you're never going to ever be a good player if you make silly mistakes like that. And um, I think Spurs fans kind of see him as a bit of a liability and he certainly proved himself to be that. So, yeah, thank you, Emerson Royale. That was absolutely perfect. And then, obviously, I won't go into too much detail on the jacket goal, but then to, to sew things up from there, um, I wish we'd have been a bit more ruthless and gone for more goals. But, uh, yeah, you know I, can't, I can't complain. Do you know what? I feel exactly the same thing. As soon as Jacker got that goal, I literally, I almost lost my voice shouting, we're not done. I'm not done. Arsenal aren't done. We want more. Because that's what it felt like. I'm going to rewind just a little bit to get Amanda to give her say on it. But yeah, from my perspective, as I said uh, earlier, in real time, I thought, ah, it's probably a yellow card. When I've re-seen it, it's a red card. There are Tottenham fans complaining that it's harsh. Sorry, not in it. Um, no, I mean, at, at the time, I didn't even clock that it was Emerson that had gone off I thought you know there'd been a coming together with the referee and Richarlison had said something or you know headbutted someone because he was the one that I was obviously suspecting to go off but when I saw his Emerson I was like what like what did he do um so yeah I mean like you say seeing it back after the game horrible challenge on an Achilles as well especially after the injury Martinelli had not too long ago it's just dirty and unnecessary and that one Kane made on Gabriel as well like I don't know if you guys nasty. have seen that but nasty snide 
sums him Ooh, up. Oh, I've not seen that one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, the red card, you know, it's interesting because it's literally diagonal to me. And I saw this whole coming together and I'm like you, James. I thought, I heard the crowd roar so much. And I thought, well, that can't be a yellow because it, it, it sounds like a red. And then I couldn't mm. see what was going on. And everyone was standing up because obviously we're up a tier. And then he starts walking off and... You, as you know, you don't get sort of those replays, but you can go on social media and quickly have a look. And I, my dad was at home watching, and I said, well, he said, Amanda, studs up, red card, definite. He said everyone in the studio is saying the same thing. I said, okay, fine. I said, and that was that. So I really don't know what – you know what makes me really angry, and this really makes me angry? That was Xhaka. Okay, there'd be no debate. Red card, oh, Xhaka, he's done it again, considering he hasn't done it this season like that. But because it's Tottenham, it's a red – it's his – He's gone studs on and his ankle. That's a red card. I don't even know why we've got debate here. It, it, it really angered me. It's because it's Tottenham and it's because it's us. Well, do you know what? Live with it. Because if I, I, and I'm often one that goes against the grain, I would sit here and go, it wasn't a red for me. Total red card. Get off the pitch. You've caused now more problems for your team. You know, Conte probably doesn't even know what to do because he doesn't expect any of his players to ever get sent off. Um, and it was fully deserved. Um, and did it harm the game for them? Absolutely. We just kept going at them. And, and the only thing is, I mean, when you watch someone like City today who had demolished United 6, their goal difference was only three today. Ours was only two yesterday. So they let in three goals, which was bizarre watching it, actually. Um, and I, I'm happy with 3-1. <laughs> I, I predicted two all. But I'm happy with 3-1. And um, just felt we dominated the game. And yes, we did dominate when they did that. And then then I thought we brought five subs on. It was hilarious because it's right opposite me. But it's like literally diagonal to me. And I was like, he's bringing on half a team here. Who's going off? It's just funny to watch because, you know, we're not used to seeing so many subs come on. Maximum we've ever known two or three is max. But, but yeah. I don't know where we are because I'm absolutely buzzing about it all, and there's so much to say still. But there is loads. There's loads to there say. Well, like Amanda, but I we want to talk about. Ben I want to stick with you, sorry, Amanda. I want to stick with. We, we will come to Amanda. We will come to Ben White in a lots second. Lots of questions now. Loads of questions which we'll get through, but we, we want to. I want to talk through that third goal because. So. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Emerson Royal gets sent off and the, the five subs or the subs that Conte made actually obviously happened after Xhaka got his goal because then Conte just gave up. And from our perspective, that's amazing because it's like, wow, we can actually, we're in a North London derby and we're now resting players to say, Thomas Partey, you sit down, mate, you have a week off. We'll see you at Liverpool. You know, um, 
we we made those subs and for me i was like this is perfection conte giving up like that but let's do a collective re reliving and talk talk to me amanda about your feelings um with that Xhaka goal because as i said we talked about it right at the start of the show one of my favorite things uh i, I let you have the uh i let you relive it right at the beginning but one of my favorite things was eric dyer being sent for a hot dog completely <laughs> flat-footed for that goal as Granit Xhaka just took it off of uh, Martinelli's feet and then swept it home. Um, thoughts in the ground from you when that happened, um, your thoughts on the, the strike, your thoughts actually on Granit Xhaka's performance in general as well. Be really, really good to know. Well, first of all, he was my man of the match, even yeah. though I got confused on Twitter very early this morning said party. I got confused. I named him man of the match last night. Um, I, I, do you know what? We could do a whole show on um, on Jacker. We just could because most of us need to hold our hands up and say we just didn't see this coming. What a player we've got. And I was actually, funny enough, discussing this on LinkedIn. New contract? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people were disappointed when he didn't go to Roma. And I'm, I, I'll hold my hands up. I, I've said this before. I supported him until... Many people didn't. And then I just thought, you know what? These red cards. Yes, Christopher, these red cards. I remember you said For those of you uh, that are listening to this on podcast medium and not uh, on audio, I am stroking my very uh, smuggish uh, chin. Smuggish chin. One or two conversations on this here channel in which I have yep. waxed lyrical about Granit Xhaka and Amanda has not. But Amanda, please continue talking about and, how fabulous Granit Xhaka is. And I remember... Remember, I remember defending him for a long time, and then I just sort of, I just thought he's not good enough. But I remember a lot of people saying to him, he's just not playing in the right position. But he was never played in the right position until Mr. Arteta walks in the door, convinces him not to go to Rome. Because I was listening to his, um, he he wrote something the other day about this, Shaka. He told his family, didn't he? You know what? We're staying, and they all thought he was mad because of what he's been through. I, I just want to give him a hug. Honestly, just want to give him a Aww. hug and say thank you for for staying loyal to many things. I mean, obviously, I'd never abuse anyone. If the abuse he got, staying loyal to a club where, yes, Alteta believed in you, but many didn't, apart from you, young Christopher, and a few others. Um, but I remember saying to Carl, and he'll probably back me up because he's in the chat, I remember saying... Sure, Saka's done much. Saka, not Xhaka. Saka's done much today. Saka. And then all of a sudden he comes in front of us. I think he turns in two men, passes the ball into Xhaka, and he scores the most beautiful goal. And I remember oh, it was weird. It was like I'd sort of preempted each goal at, at those moments. And I mean, he, I sit East Upper, so as is it, I can't do it because it's wrong on this side, but it was just beautiful. And the fact that it was Xhaka. Sorry, as Carl I, says, as Carl says, the in, in the chat, the redemption arc is complete. Absolutely, and game after game, and I'd like to know, and I've probably forgotten the last time he got carded, the last time he made a stupid tackle. Yes, he yes he messed up with Gabriel in defence. They're 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 human. They're going to make mistakes. The best defenders make a mistake. We do need to talk about Saliba before the end of this as well. Yeah, but he doesn't make a mistake. He does, he's, just, he's just one of the best, isn't he? Um, it, I, I'm just very proud of Xhaka. I'm very proud of the turnaround. I'm very proud of Arteta for noticing what a player he is, where he should be playing him, playing him there, 
stopping all the needless silly tackles and bang, what a player we've got. Yes, definitely a new contract, young Christopher. Lovely. And Greenwich, it's, from my perspective, is really, really interesting. Cookie, I'm going to get on to you in just a second from, from to, to have a bit of a Ben White loving. Um, we're going to have a bit of a chat for Ben White versus uh, Tommy loving Adam Park in the chat. As mentioned, you know, let's have a debate about uh, ben White versus Tommy Asu. But just before I go to that, I'm just going to have my two pennies on Jacker because why not? Um, <laughs> I think it's so interesting that we are now seeing the type of granite Jacker that we've all talked about for Switzerland because he plays in a more advanced position sometimes for Switzerland. I know he's played deeper as well for Switzerland, but I think granite Jacker has been released because of the structural integrity of the Arsenal team at the moment. I think that Arteta has been able to find the pieces to his puzzle so that we are finally at a team which Arteta is like, yes, this is how I want it set up. And maybe I'm, gi maybe I'm giving Arteta too much credit. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm just a football fan. I see what's in front of my eyes. And what's in front of my eyes this season is seven wins and one defeat. And that defeat shouldn't have been a defeat. We should be eight in a row right now. And that is very impressive. And a lot of it is down to Granite Xhaka and the way that he is set up in this team. This, you know, we've been used to seeing a Granite Xhaka that is not mobile, is put under pressure, loses, you know, it, it can, can make mistakes, as every human can, but in certain positions, he's vulnerable. But the way that we're deploying Xhaka this season, we are absolutely maximising the value that he can deliver on a football pitch, his vision, his passing range. And it's amazing to see, as I said earlier on, his best ever goal and assist returns is six in a season. It's four goals and two assists. He's got two goals and three assists. The way that he's playing right now, he will double, maybe he'll even treble that if he continues on that form. But Cookie, let's move on. We do want to have a conversation about the Ben White debate, the Ben White and Tomiyasu debate, because Tomiyasu played for Japan in uh, the international breaks at a left centre-back. Maybe this becomes, actually, I'm going to give you a bit of a, uh, a a soapbox to have a little chat on this, Cookie, but maybe this becomes a, does Gabriel play or does Tomiyasu play? Because Tomiyasu apparently played left centre-back for Japan. I didn't watch any of the game, but he was immense. So maybe there's something to be, to be said there. Um, I want you to talk a little bit around Ben White Let's talk about how good he's been because Tomiyasu is a fantastic defender and we love him mm. and we, we want him to play, but you cannot change a winning team. And Ben White is showing what happens when you have players in form, isn't he? Absolutely. And I loved what Tomiyasu said um, when he was away with Japan that uh, I can't quite remember the exact quote, but just about, he, you know, he can't really complain about being out of the team because of the quality in front of him. And he's got to make sure that he gets up to speed to make sure he gets back into the team. You know, no whinging, no moaning that he's out of the side, just recognises that Ben White is playing so well and is so important to the side. And technically, I think not only is he a really good defender, but just his footballing intelligence is elite. 
It's genuinely fantastic. And the way he yeah. slots into this team, slots into midfield, the only thing he doesn't really have to his game is those overlapping runs. He makes them very minimally. Sometimes he does make them well, but you know he's not a bombing-on type of fullback. I think that's the only real difference between him and Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu doesn't do that to a great extent either, but from an attacking point of view, I do think he offers us a little bit more. But for the way we build up and dominate games, Ben White, you just, you just simply can't drop him at the minute. I do think there is a place for Tomiyasu in this side, potentially... Dare I say, when Cedric comes back into the team um, for the Europa League game? Cedric will never come back into this team ever. Come on. <laughs> you know my feelings on that. Sorry. I, I, know you, I, know, I know you despise him, mate. But I think if we're looking to rest even more players, because I was racking through my brains, which, you know, is a very tough thing for me to do. But when I was having a little look into the old memory bank about what sort of team we can field on Thursday, I think we're going to have to at least play two players that played this weekend and will play against Liverpool. And I think that will be Jacker and Gabriel. But if we can potentially rest Gabriel and then put Tom Yasu in at left centre-back or right centre-back, wherever it may be alongside Rob Holding, and Cedric will be fine in the Europa League. I've got no real problems with him there. We can essentially you know, give Tom Yasu a more varied role in the team and still rest a lot of players. So I love having a player like him available because I think he's so versatile, the same as Ben White is. Um, and again, you know, similarly to the problem, well, not problem, but the the luxury we've got a left back is we've got two fantastic right back options now and we don't have to worry about Cedric coming into the team. That's a thing of the past. Um, and now we've got Saliba, we've got another option at centre-back. And, you know, we haven't even come close to having Rob Holden play a Premier League game yet, which just shows, I know people are still a little bit on edge about us not having quality and depth but I would kind of challenge that I know we didn't get another central defensive midfielder in to be that Partey backup but I think in other areas of the pitch we're pretty much you know we're, we're pretty well covered I don't think it's as bad as people are making out um, obviously if you lose a Jesus a Saka these kind of players they're so important to a team that you're not going to find a world-class backup that's happy to sit on the bench it's the equivalent of City losing Haaland who the hell do they replace him with if he gets an ACL injury you know Big players, if they get injured, will be a big loss to any team. You can't always replace them. So um, I'm going off on a tangent here, but having, you know, variety and versatility, different positions of the pitch, Tom Yasu is one of those luxury players to have. And uh, I think if he keeps working hard, he'll, he'll find a way back into this team. But at the minute, at the minute it's not <clears> when <throat> Ben White is playing so well. Yeah, 100% with you. Amanda, I'm going to give you a, uh, uh, an additional sort of uh, minute or two. To talk about white, Tom, the white Tommy Assel, Gabriel sort of general debate. And when I throw Gabriel in there, it's more left centre back, Tommy Assel play there. I don't know. Some, some thoughts from your perspective. It is tough. I think Tommy Assel is fantastic. And I'm just going to put a few comments up that I've started to agree with. Uh, Dan Hudson, welcome to the show. I'm sorry, I think Tommy is better at right back. He's all he's almost Martinelli level going forward. That said, what a great issue to have. Thanks, Dan. And that's totally true. What a wonderful issue we've got because Ben White obviously can slot back into centre back if if we need it. We've got oh, got Saliba playing like man like Saliba, as they say. Um, we've got Tierney in the Zinchenko situation. Um, and now we've got Tommy Asu, who we're all desperate to see, but look how well Ben White is playing. I mean, is it his position to lose? Um, we do have, obviously, Thursday night and Sunday. Maybe he'll make that change. Um, it is nice that we are in this position, though, Chris. It is yep. It is nice. And I, I, excuse me, I agree with Pat Moyles, never change a winning team. 100%. I mean, 
we've all said that, but, you know, we don't know what knocks they've got. We don't know if party's going to be all right for Thursday night. Um, the only thing I would say is the only thing I agreed with Al on my podcast on Thursday night is the Jesus issue. Because if he does go, Eddie comes in. And as, as much as Eddie's doing well and progressing and stuff, he's no Jesus in that respect, is he? Um, where Carl Stark says Eddie will step up and do a job if needed. I think... I think we're all in such good positions at the moment that we're in such a high that the players are playing so well. I think they're all going to step in and do their jobs if we need it. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I agree with you. There is going to be an inevitable step down. And I'm sure you guys felt the same thing. Like Gabriel Jesus got a knock in one of the build-up to play after we'd scored our second goal um, and before we'd scored our third. So I think it was in between the second goal and the red card. And then Gabriel Jesus, actually, there was a cross in and he headed just wide. It bounced it down into the ground and you could see he was wincing because he'd obviously taken a kick. And all of us around, in, obviously, where I sit is we were looking at each other going, if we lose him, we're in trouble. And yeah. it was almost like, maybe take him off right now. Just, you know, don't risk it. But that's the but benefit of, but I think that's the benefit of, where we're at with the Europa League games, we need to give Eddie minutes. He needs to, he needs a goal. I think once he, he gets a goal, he needs to play Thursday straight off, doesn't he, Chris? Yeah, exactly. he, he needs to play Thursday, to play Thursday because it's going to come either an injury or that yellow card. It's going to come, and we yeah. don't know what's going to happen with the World Cup. It's all a bit of a strange year again this year, isn't it? So, yep. but. It is a nice problem in the rest of the teams I have. You know, ESR, bless him. You know, he's hopefully going to come back stronger and we're all thinking of him, hopefully back for January, you know, fresh legs. It is lovely, but has anyone noticed, and we were talking about this this afternoon, about Balogun. He's scoring for absolute free in France at the moment. I know it's sort of a different league, but wow. You know, we're going to want him back, God forbid, anything. But, yeah. You know, and also, yeah, it's actually what Robert Stevens has said as well. Think about it. We haven't even spoken about Marquinhos, and he had a great game. We have got such exciting players, and Vieira. I thought Vieira was brilliant against Brentford. Absolutely brilliant. So Nelson back too. Depth. Yeah. Depth. It, we got some depth. It's um, the depth everywhere, Chris. It's just the Jesus. It's yep. everywhere else, isn't it? It's just the Jesus part. We'll see, though. We'll see, though. So, uh, James, we've got five minutes left. We've got five minutes to talk about. I mean, we could probably talk for hours, let's be honest. Um, but um, I'm going to just make some noises, and I want you to just talk based on these noises. I'm going to leave it there because the song does go a long time. But if you can just elaborate on that based on yesterday's performance. I will have to keep this brief because like you say, I could wax lyrical about this guy for hours. He is, I don't say this lightly, generational, world-class. You know, I've got absolutely no problems laying those words out there right now. He is one of the best defenders, if not the best I've seen in, at the Emirates. I think he's absolutely superb. You know, I know we've not always had best centre-halves. You know, we've had to go through the likes of Senderos and Squilacci and, you know, our best period was probably when we had Koscielny and Vermaelen, and not Vermaelen, Koscielny and Mertzacker at the back. Um, but this guy, the way he, technically, similarly to Ben White, technically unbelievable. So, so good. Can pick out a pass from absolutely anywhere, drives forward, gets involved in the attack. I mean, what the hell was he doing uh, nutmegging um, 
who was it he nutmegged? I can't quite remember, but what, what on earth was he doing that high up the pitch? I mean, he has got everything in his locker and I think he could comfortably slot into any team in world football and still be their best centre-half. I think he is that good. And that moment where he had about four Spurs players around him and I've almost got my head in my hands because I'm certain they're going to nick the ball off him and put it in the net. I mean, I've still got PTSD from Mustafi, but the way he just turns and plays it out, it's just... I should never be worried when he's got the ball, no matter how many players are around it, because he finds a way out of it. And I'm not going to talk about him any longer because I'm sure you guys have got your your own takes on it. But we need to get him signed up because he is a yes, 150 yeah. million pound player right now. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Amanda, yeah. you want to do some waxing lyrical? Yeah. Saliba's nutmeg on skipping Spurs penalty was great from Patrick Carlson. Thank you, Patrick. Um, oh, listen... We've seen some defenders in our time and mainly not good ones. The <laughs> fact that he goes to France, everyone's arguing about whether he should be there or not. He doesn't like Arsenal. Arsenal don't like him. Arteta, oh, there's blah, blah, blah. I don't listen to any of it anyway. He comes back, he comes to us. And words found me how good he is. How good he is at his age in a, in a massive club that really... Just missed out on Champions League football. The, the You know, I'm not saying the air was toxic. It wasn't. It was starting to change. But he's come in and the expectations, because our defence isn't the best on the planet, is it? Was it, sorry? And now, oh, we've got to get him signed up. And it was very interesting because someone actually mentioned this, but Jamie Carragher put out a tweet yesterday. All he put was Saliba and fire, yeah? And I said to him, shh, we don't want anyone to know, thanks. Absolutely no one talk about Saliba. I don't want anyone to talk about Saliba. But he does look genuinely over the moon every time he plays. And we're all happy. I don't know anyone that doesn't rate him. No one. And 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 dare I say it, is he is he our Van Dyke? He's better I mean, than Van Dyke, Amanda. Come on. <laughs> that's old he's past it yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know it's, this is an interesting thing so and i just wrote this down our back line we're conceding we have con- we've conceded goals we conceded a silly goal yesterday let's all acknowledge that and we we conceded a silly goal against aston villa which you know it was from a corner uh we conceded a silly goal at leicester you know or at home to leicester you know we have conceded silly goals, but they've just been through individual errors. It's not been through structural mistakes that the team's made. But I feel, and I don't want to jinx this, I'm touching, I, my, I have a wooden desk. I am touching <laughs> I it with say all of my fingers here. I'm touching wood as I say this. I'm going into games thinking to myself, we should win this today. I've just, I've just been looking. So next weekend, we play Liverpool, who drew three all and looked look like they're shipping goals against Brighton average when we get when I get to when it gets to Thursday Wednesday Thursday Friday don't get me wrong I'm going to be terrified and on Saturday on Sunday Sunday morning when I'm in the pub or Sunday afternoon when I'm in the pub I'm going to be saying oh I'll take a draw or oh, they could do a da, 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 da. and they might be us whatever I'm going into that game though not going oh well you know maybe if we get a draw we'll be lucky I'm going into that game saying I believe in this I'm starting to really believe in this team and then the week after we play Leeds I mean I'm taking out the Europa League but we play Leeds and I'm thinking I watched the Leeds game as I was cooking this evening and I'm thinking yeah we could do we could do Leeds and then we play Nottingham Forest 
we could do Nottingham Forest. And we played Chelsea. We can do Chelsea. I'm actually going into games thinking we could get the result here. Uh, when we beat Villa last season uh, and Emil Smith-Rowe scored, um, I remember talking to Lucy Gouda. Lucy, who um, um, yeah. many people will probably know. I remember talking to Lucy in the pub and saying to her, Villa, who knows? You know, we should win. Maybe we'll win. I don't know. The feeling is totally different to today. And that's amazing. So um, we are on the hour mark. We're about to wrap up. I'm going to hit some stats on the actual um, performance yesterday just to prove how dominant we were despite Tony Conte's nonsense. And then I'm going to have a bit of an AOB. You can have a free swim, Amanda and James. I'll start with James. Um, just any final thoughts or anything that you wanted to pick out that maybe I haven't thought about because I've got through half a bottle of Jack Daniels and uh, a load of wine this evening. So, you know, that sort of happens as you get into your old age. But some stats here, 65% possession for Arsenal to 35. We dominated Tottenham with the ball. Uh, our ac passing accuracy, 88% to 77%. We were dominant in our accuracy. We had 22 attempts at goal to their six I'm surprised they even got six because it didn't feel like that. But maybe there was a few odd ones like the Perisic one that was blazed over or when Richarlison uh, forced Aaron Ramsdale into a save. Don't think it should be counted because he was offside. Um, we were just dominant. This was a, a dominant Arsenal display. Like Tottenham had to make more tackles. They had to make more interceptions. Tottenham won six aerial battles. We won 16. Like we were the better team throughout. Forget this nonsense about the red card. Up until that point, we were the better team. And after that point, we were the better team. So I'm taking from this that this is an Arsenal team that is different from last season. This is an Arsenal team with focus. This is an Arsenal team that I'm not going to say the I'm not going to say the whole title thing. I'm just going to say I think there's there's a desire and there's an excitement here. So, Cookie, I'm going to stop talking because I've rambled long enough, long enough uh, before we wrap up. But anything like final bits that you just wanted to pick up on? Just any final thoughts for our beautiful listeners before we disappear this evening? I think the only thing that's playing on my mind is the amount of talk, you know, the kind of 50-50 split on whether we are a potential title challenger or not. And obviously, I don't think we'll win the league. Like, I looked at City today and they've just got an absolute machine up front. They've got such a settled team. I, I think I think they will comfortably win the league this season. I don't, you know, I think they could win it by 10, 15, maybe even 20 points. God knows how far they'll go. But I think, why can't we give them a run? Like, let's see what we're made of. Let's take it right to the end. And, you know, if we lose out, we lose out. But God almighty, what an improvement that will be on what we've seen over the past couple of years. If we won the Europa League, and challenged up until May for the title. What a season that would be. I mean, obviously, if it comes to May and we're within a couple of points, let's do what we can to win it. But um, I think it's it's silly to discredit us from you know going the distance because what team is currently playing better football? Obviously, a couple of injuries and you know, God knows what could happen. I don't want to say that will curtail our season because we have got someone like Vieira that can step in for Erdegaard. We have got someone like Tommy Asu that can step in for Ben White. Um, we've got Tierney Zinchenko. We've got something that we didn't have last season and we're playing better football and we're scoring a hell of a lot more goals and creating even more opportunities. This is a team that is maturing. And if we did go that far as to still be within within distance of the title around April, May time, for what is the youngest team in the Premier League, 
how exciting is that for the years to come? So that's what I'm going to end it on. I'm very happy. Love it, mate. Do you know what? You can't see it. The listeners, the listeners that are listening on podcast format can't see it, but those that even are watching can't see. I have goose pimples from that <laughs> rousing speech. Amanda, final thoughts before we wrap up. Okay, so first of all, um, I'd like to thank you, Chris, for hosting. You've done absolutely brilliant. That hour has flown by. Oh, stop it, you. Oh, stop it. You know, you've done so well, and he's given me a night off just thinking I just can chat about football. Um, I'd like to thank everyone in the chat room for all your brilliant support, your questions, your jokes. It's fantastic. You know, we're here. We love, absolutely love chatting with you. Um James, it's been brilliant chatting with you, but I just want to say something, is that exactly what James said, don't think we're going to win the league. Unfortunately, Haaland, even Foden, I mean, you forget Kevin De Bruyne, it just goes on the list. And I've got loads of City mates that were there today, all different parts of the ground, waxing lyrical. They they actually really respect us. I think they absolutely, I know this for a fact, love Arteta anyway. Um, and they see us as, they think that we fastly improve, but I don't think anyone can see anyone else beating them. I don't, I don't think we'll beat them. But yes, do you know what? We're Arsenal. Let's give it a go. For God's sake, last year we were competing just to get fifth or fourth. Why not go for it? And I think we will. I think... I think that each game, if we beat Liverpool, I don't know when the World Cup is, we could still be top. It's it's a fabulous feeling, but yeah, we it is we just know we're not at that stage, but we are at everybody else's stage. So why can't we go for second or third? Why not? Absolutely. For Liverpool are very average. Tottenham, I've said it all or every game, they get away with it. They're just because the other other teams don't take their chances where we did. Chelsea, okay, they got a last-minute winner. They're going to be up there. Liverpool, well, again, you know, they managed to get a draw when apparently they were they were terrible. But we can beat Liverpool. And I'm like you, Chris. I now look at the games how we used to 15 years ago and go, yeah, yeah, we've got a great chance. And it's all that. So so for me, it is, it's just tremendous start. And what I would say to everybody is enjoy it. Because we don't know if it's going to last. So don't worry about six matches down the line or November, or, um, sorry, or January or February. If you can't live in the moment now, there's no point going to football. You've got to enjoy it now. The atmosphere, the atmosphere is like being in an away game now. You know, everyone's behind the team. There's no toxicity. There's still idiots on podcasts, like still moaning. God knows why can you moan? Uh, and I just really, really, really enjoy it. And I really loved being in the Emirates and chatting with everybody. And we're all in good moods and we're all feeling really, really positive. And I would just like to say before I finish, because Chris is going to end the show, is that please press like because it does make a difference. It, it's this algorithm thing, not that I know much. Um, it doesn't take two seconds to press the like button. And please subscribe because we, we're having loads of different shows come up at different times and you're going to miss out. So just subscribe, you'll get alerted. Um, and hopefully Craig will be back very soon. This will be going on to audio soon as well, a couple of hours time. Chris, you've done a fantastic job. You really have. And we will be back next weekend probably on the Monday night because the three of us will be at Liverpool I may even do a post-game show against um, Bodo because I'm not able to go Thursday night but I don't know yet but anyway just enjoy the football enjoy it while it lasts and if we could get second wow <laughs> it'll be like winning the league 
Exactly. So, um, you know, if Man City do, by some miracle, end up pipping us to the title, then, you know, that that's fair enough. There is still the Europa League, the FA Cup and the League Cup that we can do. So, you know, I'm not going to sniff at treble, but I yeah, think I'll it's interesting. Yeah, I'll take the treble. Yeah. Interesting what Amanda was saying about that. You know, a lot of football is about the destination. It's about winning trophies. But actually, enjoy the journey that we're on right now. The journey that we've had so far is seven wins out of eight people. Drink it in. You've got all of the media narrative, the nonsense around you. haven't played anyone decent. All right, well, I'll play another 38 games. I'll play another 100 games where we don't play anyone decent. You know, as long as those wins keep coming, I don't care. The most important thing to take away from today, and I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us uh, basking in the glow of a North London derby victory, the most important thing that I want you all to take from this is that it is red. North London, (laughs) it is red. Enjoy the rest of your uh, evening or week. uh, Bask in it a little bit more. And uh, let's look forward to Bodo Glimt on Thursday. Catch you all next time. Bye. Good night, everybody. Always Arsenal. Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.